Welcome, welcome to Daybreak once again. We love to have you here. We're excited about what God's doing here at, at Daybreak. We really look forward to our future. So we're continuing our series through the, the book of Ruth. Uh, today, we're going to actually watch how Boaz and Ruth start to get to know each other, start to date, and in that, date in a way that will prepare them for a marriage that will honor God. So we're continuing this study on Ruth. You can turn in your Bibles. To bring you up to speed, if you haven't been with us, let me bring you up to speed. We're looking at a Moabite woman that left Moab for Bethlehem. And she got completely transformed. She started worshiping the God of Israel. So this week, what we're going to do is, as we look in at Ruth chapter 2, we're going to watch Ruth, who's a widow, falling in love with this man of standing. We talked about that last week. So Boaz has some wealth. It, it, the scripture describes him as a man of standing, which can mean wealth, but it also means integrity. We're going to see some principles that we can just take for our life, where we can choose to live a life that's honoring to God, whether we're single or married. This just isn't a, a nice romance story. This week is really practical, and I hope it's, it's, it's helpful. I want you to come back next week because it gets a little weird. So there's a great promo for, for next week, but we'll stay calm this week. See, here's the principle for today, and it's a, it's a great principle for life. And the principle is we're all shopping for the something that we want. We're all shopping for the something that we want. Some of us would classify that statement that we're looking for a significant life partner. I would suggest that instead of just looking for what you want to get from someone, that we look at what you want to give to someone. So why is this important? You're going to see a quote come up on the screen or a statement come up on the screen. You don't just attract what you want. You tend to attract what you are. And, and that's not just in dating or in marriage, but that can be with friends. That can be with coworkers. And so today we're going to look at four key principles that we're going to look at in our lives that all have to do with how people perceive us. Boaz is, is falling for Ruth, and we're going to see these four things happen. Here's the four things, and we'll just talk about them today. Uh, seeking character, exploring connection, showing consideration, and receiving consideration, uh, confirmation. Sorry, uh, I feel like we're actually back in my preaching class that for some reason didn't happen until my master's degree. My professor, who was an older individual, told me that you need to work to have a rhythm to your preaching. It's always way more anointed when the preacher brings points with letters that are the same throughout the text. Seeking character, exploring connection, showing consideration, receiving confirmation. It might have been that I was on a plane for 14 hours. So you can thank me afterwards. This is no extra cost to you. Let me break these down for you. So remember, Boaz is the landowner. He's a lover of God. He's a good leader. He's kind. He's generous to Ruth. 
And Ruth is a little bit surprised. She's taken back. She's even starting to think, why are you being so kind to me? If you have your Bibles, look at Ruth chapter 2, verse 10, and it's going to be on the screen behind me. At this, she bowed down her face to the ground. She asked Boaz, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me? I'm just a foreigner. You can almost hear in those words, she's a bit insecure. See, what I I love about this is there's no mention of her physical appearance. Boaz isn't focusing on what's on her outside. He's looking at what's going on in her inside. And and so here's the very first thing that we need to we need to seek strong character in our lives. Look at verse 11. Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law. Can you see Boaz actually saying that? Since the death of your husband, how you left your mother and your father and your homeland. You left Moab to come and live with a people that you didn't know before. I I love those statements. And you can think about it in your own life. Boaz says, I've been told about you. I've been told about your character, all that you've done for your mother-in-law, Naomi. I've heard that you've stopped worshiping God. I, sorry, that you stopped worshiping the false god, Chamash. Remember Chamash? Chamash was that idol that you'd actually sacrifice children to. That you left Moab, you came and you turned to the one true God in worship. That you were loyal to your mother-in-law. That you weren't just a victim. You weren't just sitting back going, someone please take care of me. You weren't just talking about a handout. You got up early. We learned that last week. Ruth got up early. She showed up to the field. She started to work. You were gleaning in the field. She easily could have done what other women did, which was just kind of move into prostitution. Boaz is looking at Ruth going, you didn't do that. You have godly character. All right, friends, so here's the question we need to ask ourselves, taking it away from Ruth. Are you a person of character? Are, Are you a person with growing spiritual character? Do you have true character? Are you a genuine disciple, a follower of Jesus? Are you a person of spiritual character? Matt, why does this matter? It matters because you don't build a life of righteousness on a foundation of sin. If you want a godly marriage in the future, it's really wise to seek God and live a godly life today. Are you a person of spiritual character? Okay, Matt, but what does that mean? It can mean a lot of things. Are you seeking to know God in His Word? Are you studying his word and actually letting it change you? Are are you a person that just doesn't go to church, but you're actively serving in the church? And you're functioning in your neighborhoods and workplaces and schools as the church? Do you tell truth in conversations? Do you treat people with honor and integrity? Are you being conformed into the image of Christ? Friends, in other words, 
Do you look more like Jesus? Do you behave more like Jesus? Do you love more like Jesus today than you did a few months ago? Now, trust me, it does not mean that you're perfect. I'm not perfect. But are you being perfected and changed by the presence of God who is active in your life daily because you're seeking Him daily? So, friends, are you a person of character? Friends, if you want a godly marriage, you have to have godly character. And you have to seek character. If you're dating and it's complicated and you meet someone, I would pay really close attention. What are you looking for in this life? If we can be practical for just a minute here, are you looking at the friend groups that you walk with? What are people's friends like? Are they friends? Are the majority of them actually pursuing Jesus? Because for the reality is you tend to be like those that you run with. How, how do people treat their family? How do people talk about their mom? How do people treat them when people serve them? When you go to restaurants, are they kind to the waiters and waitresses? Are they arrogant and entitled? Does that person have a great work ethic? Does that person take initiative? In other words, if the people that we run with or the people that we're interested in are jerks to everyone, if they have no quality friends, if they're critical of everyone else and they're always a victim and they distract you from God, these are not signs of godly character. Someone said this, when a person shows you who they really are, believe them. The way people are living is a reflection of what they believe. What we believe determines how we behave. So could we commit together, Daybreak, to be people of godly character? And seek people with godly character? If you happen to be dating someone and they're not helping you get closer to Jesus, let's just say that they're taking you away from Jesus. You might want to get out of Moab because God has something better in Bethlehem. So Boaz is a man of, of standing. He's a man of character. He notices that Ruth has character. And, and suddenly we see in this love story, the second thing, they start to explore connection with others. Boaz actually invites her on a date in a sense says, do you want to have lunch? It's actually not a very private date. They're in a place where everyone's going to feel comfortable. And in that everyone's comfortable, they're actually going to get to know each other. Look at verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar when he sat down, when she sat down with the harvesters. He offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some leftovers. I love that. She ate all she wanted and she had some leftover. I don't know. She might have done the whole woman thing. All I want is salad. <laughs> or maybe she just ate all she wanted and she had some leftover. Notice what she doesn't do. She does not move very fast. She doesn't start saying, hey, Boaz, what are you looking for in a wife? How many kids do you want? What do you want to name them? 
Notice what they're not doing on this first date. They're not fooling around. They're getting to know each other. They're making a connection. Well, ladies, what you want is a man who will initiate. You want someone who will put in some effort. Next week, crazy week, we'll actually show you that you may have to help him sometimes. We all know that, right, women? You want someone who put out some effort to pursue you, to put in a little work. So Matt and Michelle started to date when Matt went to school in Minnesota. I had parked the Dodge Shadow that I owned in the parking lot. My goal was to play basketball in the States, and so when I came in September, all I did was play basketball. The car had not left. It had the gas, the original gas in it. And I noticed this beautiful girl in sociology class. In sociology class, this beautiful girl basically auctioned off her her presentation. She was talking so fast. I said to her afterwards, uh, let's go out for a date. And so I looked at Michelle and asked her to spend some time with me as we spent time together that night. I said, well, let's go get a milkshake. Now, there's two problems with let's go get a milkshake. The very first problem is I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm not sure why milkshake was the first thing on my mind. The second thing is the car was parked in the parking lot. I had not left. We don't have Google then. And so as Michelle and I went on that first date, we were having a great time talking. I'm looking for that elusive, like there's got to be a Peter's drive-in. There's no Peter's drive-in. Our school was somewhat in the middle of Minnesota. We kept driving and driving and driving. Conversations happened. And all of a sudden, we see a sign that says, Welcome to Wisconsin. (laughs) I started to fall in love with Michelle. Some of you will love this next part. I even made Michelle a mixtape. See, here we go. Back in the day. Before you could just go on your iPhone and listen to whatever song that you wanted to for $12.99 a month, you actually had to buy the whole CD. Where you might only like one or two songs and you had the boombox. Do we all remember the boombox? And if you couldn't buy the CD, you waited for hours listening to the radio until that song came on. And as fast as you could, you pressed play and record to record the song. And then you had to take that song from one cassette tape to another. And you were spoiled if you had a double cassette boombox where you could put one in and put it in the other. And you could make, and it could take hours and hours and hours and hours to prayerfully consider the right mixtape to get married to the American that I fell in love with. We were getting to know each other. We were getting to know what was valuable to each other. We were pursuing one another and just making a real connection. Hence why we went to Beauty and the Beast for our second date. What are you going to do? You're going to seek godly character. You're going to explore connection. And then you're going to start considering each other. Now some of you are going, is this just a marriage talk? No. 
See, in in life, that third area that we see from Boaz and, and Ruth is consider the needs of others. That's what it means to follow Jesus. See, in Ruth chapter 2, verse 15 and 16, we continue with this story as she gets up to glean. Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't get her in trouble. Don't reprimand her. Even, guys, pull out some of the stalks from her, for her, from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. We knew, and we learned this a couple weeks ago, that according to Levitical law, they would, they'd have to leave behind whatever fell on the ground. So someone who's a widow or someone who's an outcast or someone who's poor could come along and glean it and take it. What Boaz is doing is he's literally guarding her dignity. He's letting her work. She came to work for food, and he's letting her work. He's not giving her a handout, but he's saying, make it easy for her. Give her a little extra. He's going out of his way to bless her. You know, according to the law, he had to give her what was there. But isn't it cool he's going beyond that? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Look at verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it had amounted to to an epa. Well, what's an epa? Let me tell you what an epa is. In Hebrew, it means a whole lot of barley. An epa was two weeks of wages. She worked for a day, but he was so generous That it was kind of like an Easter egg hunt for you that are grandparents. Where you put out so many eggs, they're just everywhere. He blessed her with more than what she ever could have expected. Now I want you to think of Boaz as God the Father. Don't settle. Friends, don't settle for whoever's there or whatever's there. Settle for someone who puts out a little bit effort. We don't want just someone who meets our expectations. It's amazing to me when someone actually exceeds them. Michelle does that for me. That's why you want somebody who will exceed your expectations. Remember when you were dating? Clean out your car. Take out that Big Mac wrapper that is in her seat so she doesn't have to wear it the rest of the night. Ladies, you want someone who might bring a thoughtful gift. It doesn't have to be expensive. He may just pick up a flower on the side of the road and he takes you at least one time to a restaurant that doesn't have a drive-through and sits down and asks you questions to get to know you and walks you to the door and protects your heart, protects your purity, honors and values you. Guys, if you want to If you want a Ruth, you got to be a Boaz. Because you don't just attract what you want, you tend to attract who you are. And then that last one, receiving confirmation, receive confirmation. I love verse 19. 
Her mother-in-law asked her, Naomi asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. Whoever the guy is, I like him. Whoever did this, he's good, he's honorable, he's a godly man. What we know about Naomi is she loved Ruth. Do you remember chapter 1 a couple weeks ago? She prayed God would send her a godly man and provide her a husband. So this person who loves her that she can trust is actually confirming that he is a potentially good candidate. That's why it's always a good sign when those who love you the most like who you are. When those that love you the most, that are really good people that you trust, when they say, hey, I see potential in her or I see potential in him, when the people that see tr- that you trust the most and love you the most confirm it, then it's a really good sign. I would hope us at Daybreak would be that community of people that you could trust spiritually. When they don't like someone, I encourage you to listen. I dated a girl in my first year when I was in school in Colorado. All my friends didn't like her. They never told me. That's not Christian community. You might find yourself saying, if you're single, I love him. He's got so much potential. You don't know her like I know her. I'm going to say, please be careful. Be careful when everyone else that you really trust doesn't like someone. If your mother doesn't like him, your dad doesn't like him, your brother doesn't like him, your best friend doesn't like him, your small group doesn't like him, your dog doesn't like him, it's most likely that you're receiving confirmation from the trusted people that you have in your life. Naomi, the mom, says, I like what I see. There's some confirmation. See, in this story, Ruth shows up sweaty for her first date. She's not looking her best. Her hair is nothing but a mess. She smells like she's been working. Boaz is not looking at the outside. See, he's looking at his character. He likes what he sees. He gets to know her, and he likes who he gets to know. They show consideration for each other, and then there starts to be confirmation. I I, want to let the text help us answer this question. And we're actually going to spend some time on it next week. Ruth comes in and tells Naomi. Naomi says, who is the guy who did this? And she says, his name is Boaz. Naomi was, is like this. Boaz, he's a relative of ours. Look at verse 20. And this is the key for today in all this. The Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. That man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. You might have remembered these words when I say them, kinsman redeemer. This is one of the huge themes of the book of Ruth. And we're going to spend more time in the weeks to come, but it's a metaphor. The guardian redeemer, the kinsman redeemer is this person. It's a relative whose role is to come in and provide for someone who has significant loss. Family member loses a spouse and the widow has no means to provide for herself. 
So the guardian redeemer, the kinsman redeemer, protects her and provides for her and honors her and takes care of her. What's crazy is that legally, Boaz is not obligated to be her guardian redeemer. He's not nearly the closest relative at all. He's not Amalekite's brother who would have been the one who was supposed to do it. Ruth's not even an Israelite. He doesn't owe her anything. Not a single thing. Yet he chooses, he chooses to give her everything. Friends, this is not a law. This is grace. And in the New Testament, we have a guardian redeemer. A kinsman redeemer. And his name is Jesus. Do you see it now? He is the living Son of God who protects us, provides for us, paid the debt for the forgiveness of our sins, and meets all of our needs. He is the one who works in all things, even in your broken relationships. He is the one that when you call on Him, and when you seek Him, He will be found by you. He is so good in His providential power. He's working all things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So friends, do you love him? Are you his disciples? He takes what's broken. He's our guardian redeemer and he makes things new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. It doesn't matter how dark or sinful your life is. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It doesn't matter how jacked up your dating relationship is. It doesn't matter how messed up your marriage is. When you call on the name of Jesus, He redeems. All things are possible with Him. But it takes pursuing Him. I want you to hear this. I want you to feel this because I know there is so much pain out there right now. I know some of you can barely even hear this message because you're like, good for you, Matt. You and Michelle, go do your thing. There is no sin too great for God's grace. There is no relationship beyond God's redemption that can't be saved. You might say, Matt, I am broken. Well, you can seek God. You can be a person of character. You can pray and fast and believe and you can do everything possible within your will to live at peace with everyone and trust God to only do what He can do. See, Jesus is our guardian redeemer. He is here right now. He loves you. He's for you. He's working in all things to bring about good to those who love Him. Do you love Him? Because he loves you. Let's pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. Thank you for a really practical story that just reminds us that Boaz is acting like God the Father who sent his son to die for people who needed him. May we walk toward Bethlehem, even at the end of October.
We love you. In your name, amen.